right, thank you. That's actually a really good song. I haven't heard that one in a while. Thank you for that. Brother Ross, we're going through our little series here, Why We Have Different Ministries. We're going to be in age, uh, age, page eight. Sorry about that. Page eight, the youth ministry. Brother Ross, he'll tell you, I think. What did you just say, Brother Ross? How many years? Twenty-eight. I, I, in the early days, all of us were youth directors. Then I was youth director, and then the Lord blessed me to be able to turn that thing over to Brother Ross. I had already lost my hair, so what can you do? Brother Ross has managed to keep his, but he's been great. He has a lot of great helpers that are helping him, but we talk about the next generation. Really, it's the youth ministry that helps us with that, and so uh, he knows what he's talking about, and so let's listen to him tonight. <clears throat> If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy 6. I love our uh, young people and uh, working under Pastor Esposito and Pastor Myers, uh, I see the importance of our youth and the next generation. You know, our country is in the situation in in the state it's in now because of the young people. The people that are ruling our country right now were young people that weren't taught right. Young people that maybe didn't have parents that taught them right. The people that were rioting and people that were uh, um, going around looting and everything like that this, the, these past couple summers or so. Um, I see that most of those people were young people. And it broke my heart because behind those young people represented um, some parents that loved them, but maybe didn't teach them right. Or maybe they rebelled against it or they were indoctrinated by the world and the world system and they would go out and do crazy things like that. Young people important to God. Probably the verse that comes to mind that gives the importance of, uh, of uh, young people to the Lord is, the Bible says, if you offend them, it's better for that guy to put, his, uh, put a, a rope around his neck with a stone and throw him to the sea and let him sink down and drown. God thinks it's, uh, young people are very important. Society knows the importance of young people. You look at the world right now, one of the biggest franchises uh, in the world and uh, a pastor loves this franchise the most, is McDonald's. And you go into McDonald's, it's run pretty much by young people. You go into, you know, all these other fast food restaurants have caught on to that, and you look at the uh, fast food franchises, most of those franchises are run by young people. Young people are important. That's why the Bible says, despise not your youth, but be an example of the believers. You look at the educational system. They value young people. During the COVID-19 epidemic, um, uh, uh, CBS News, their headline says this, COVID education crisis, a lost generation. Future of an entire generation at risk as COVID-19 pa pandemic drags on, US, uh, uh, UN News. Uh, young people shape society. The world and the devil knows it. Uh, that's why young people, so you, you look at the politicians and these people on TV talking about young people. 
the press secretary, when she is coherent and knows what's going on, uh, giving briefings uh, on the news uh, to the American people, says, you know what? The young people are ours. Your children are ours. Let me say this. The children are not ours. It does, it, they don't belong to the state. They belong to you as parents. God has gifted them to you and given them to you to be an ambassador and, and to help them to reach their fullest potential for God. But the devil in the world knows the importance of young people. You look at the uh, uh, alphabet uh, 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 gang, the LGBTQ, XYZ, plus, minus people. They know this. They're indoctrinating our young people. Uh, reports reveal, this is from the New York Times, reports reveal sharp rise in transgender young people in the U.S. You say, why? Because that propaganda and that, and that indoctrination has been, has been infiltrated and taught and just brainwashed our society, starting with our young people. Young people nowadays don't even, if you know, back when I was growing up, and I grew up in the 80s, you see gay people or uh, sodomites, or you see, you know, people that are, think they're women, but they're men. We didn't call them transgender. We didn't call them an alternative lifestyle. We called them crazy. But the education system and the culture has pushed this narrative to this young people and saying, this is an alternative lifestyle. This is fine. This is great. Everything is all right. We've need, we need to accept them. By the way, I'm not saying to throw stones at those people or, you know, do, do wickedness or harm to them. But don't tell me that lifestyle is normal. It's not. It's caused a lot of suicide and a lot of uh, 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 mental health and damage to those people. A number of young people who identify as transgender uh, has nearly doubled in recent years, according to a news report, that captures a stark generation shift an emerging uh, a society embraced by a diversity of, of gender identities. The world knows the importance of teaching young people. You see all the, the, the that's why you got to be careful about putting your children in public run schools. You've got to be careful. Parents, if you are in your right mind, I, I want to encourage you, don't send them to the world. They come to church a couple hours a week. And then they're at school, eight hours a day or so, whatever it might be, some even more with after-school programs, getting indoctrinated by that junk. And we carelessly bring them and say, okay, teach them. Hopefully, hopefully um, my kids turn out right and they don't, go, uh, they, they don't become like what they're teaching. There was a, a, a pastor that went into a city meeting and an uh, uh, African-American pastor, I commend that man, and he was reading from the books that they had at the library in the school. He said, these are the books that your teachers are teaching. And it, it was, and I can't even say the things he said because we, we have children in there. Yeah. Talking about sexual acts and body parts and, and just, just pretty much pornography reading. And the people on the panel there and the city council people in the school, well, sir, 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 you can't mention that. He said, why can't I mention that? You're mentioning it to, you're mentioning it, mentioning it to our children at school. Society knows the importance of young people, how to indoctrinate them. 
Dictators know. You think uh, uh, of uh, uh, Hitler. He said this, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. He understood the importance of the young people. I grew up uh, and uh, my parents would tell me stories about what happened during the Khmer Rouge time in Pol Pot. And uh, as we come to school, the last couple of weeks, uh, every once in a while, I'll put uh, a documentary on the 15 minutes I come to school with my children, and I put, the, put it on about uh, what happened. I said, see, Grandma and Grandpa went through this, and, and, and your, your uncles and aunts, are, they went through this, telling about the horror of what happened during that time of that war. And I can't stop but to think that maybe in those graves, uh, 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 maybe my dad was in there. Maybe my uncles were in there. Maybe some cousins were in there. But you see the soldiers that Mr. Popot uh, uh, gathered, young people. Some of them kids holding automatic weapons, grenades, and heavy artillery. He knew the importance of young people. Young people are under attack. The next generation. See, in order to change a society, you've got to uh, educate the young people. And that's what culture is doing right now. Whether it's through entertainment, TV, media, social media, whatever it is, they're getting indoctrinated by the world. I mean, they're getting taught woke ideologies. And let me say this. I don't even have to go to woke ideologies. I'm talking about just... We're all Christians here. Unbiblical things. Young people are faced and bombarded with so much junk. And they are going to be the, the, the next leaders. Stats about young people here from, I gathered from Barna and USA Today and Lifeway. Over, over 70% of Christian young people will stop attending church between the age of 18 and 23. Some, start as, uh, uh, some stats say uh, uh, over 80%. I'm glad that's not the, the, the stats here at our church. But the average church, 80%, over 80% of the young people, once they're adults, turn and walk away from the church uh, and walk away from Christ and never come back. 56% of Christian teens in the U.S. believe that it's okay to have sex before marriage compared to 76 of their unbelieving peers. Yet Christian teens are more sexually active than unbelievers. Wow. 70% of youth pastors have had teens come to them for help dealing with porn within the last year. 70%. 60% of teens and 30% of committed Christian teens struggle with depression. 35% of teens and 12% of committed Christian teens struggle with suicidal thoughts. This mental health thing is a big deal in young people. 48% of 13 to 15-year-old uh, children have viewed pornographic uh, material in the last three months. 51% of 18 to 19-year-olds have viewed that same thing in the last three months. You look at those and you hear those stats, some of it just goes right over our head. Those are not good stats for our children. Self-proclaimed Christian teens are more sexually active than non-Christian teens. Wow. Teens in the U.S. spend an average. Uh, and, and Parents, be careful about giving your children devices. Pastor Esther, uh, Pastor, Esther, Pastor Mike, they, 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 they keep saying it and saying it. Say it. But sometimes we don't understand because you don't deal with the, the, the filth and the junk that, that some of us have to deal with. 
Teens in the U.S. spend an average of around seven and a half hours online daily. 65% of teens say social media improves their life satisfaction. They're going for the likes. They're going for the clicks. They're going for the, the, the how many friends they have. Their whole social structure of their self-acceptance is in a made-up lifestyle, a digital lifestyle. I was talking to some of our workers, uh, um, uh, bus ministry workers. I said, man, when I was a bus uh, a captain and a bus worker uh, back in the uh, 90s and early 2000s, you said, how do we get kids? We knock on doors, and we did something called drive-by soul winning. They had a lot of drive-by shooting when I was uh, younger. We had something called drive-by soul winning. We drove by. We saw a bunch of teens. All of the soul winners got out, got our tracks out, and start shooting the gospel gun. That's what we did. Kids were outside playing football and, you know, kick the can and, you know, whatever, hide and seek outside. Now you go to an apartment complex, crickets. They're all inside, you know, playing Madden. But their social life now is all digital. Because of that, depression rates uh, uh, are up. Suicide is up because they don't have a, 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 a life outside of that digital world. And cyberbullying. I got bullied without being on the internet back in the day. You say, how do I deal with it? I didn't go to counseling. When people bullied me, I go, oh, well, I guess either I'm getting bullied or I'm bullying. Because that's just part of life. I'm not, uh, I'm not telling people to be mean to each other. But you know what, parents? That's just the pecking order of growing up. Young people are important. To this society, and they know it. But let me say this young people are important to the Lord. Matthew 19, but Jesus said, Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for as such as the kingdom of heaven. First uh, Timothy 4 12, let not let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Psalm 30, uh, 63 1, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. And some may say, oh, early means early in the morning. I take that as early meaning in our early age. Young people are important to God. You look at the disciples. Most, uh, most scholars believe that uh, Jesus' disciples uh, were all single other than one when they became their disciples. And they believe that the majority of them were 18 years and younger. Young people are important to God. You say, why? Because young minds are pliable. Young minds are very teachable. And that's why the Bible says that, uh, that uh, unless you have faith as a young person, faith as a child, because children obey and they believe. Children and young people are important to God. And that's why we preach so much and emphasize so much the young people. See, the most important ministry in this church or those that deal with young people. You say, why? Because that's the next generation. We, if we don't teach these young people, and if we don't reach these young people, there's not going to be a Pacific Baptist church in the future. I traveled to a lot of churches. And it's sad to say, if you've been to many churches, it's sad to say, listen to me. You say, why? Because there's a lot of gray hair in that church and no young people. They have very good, faithful old people. Brother Tongdi, you travel a lot. You say, why? 
I'm not saying that church is bad. What I'm saying is that church is going to die. Because unlike Pastor Myers, they're not going to live forever, as Brother Charlie said. The Bible says wants to die. We're going to die. And it's important that we reach the next generation. It's important, parents, that you look at those kids and you look at those children not as a menace or as, as a burden, but as a prize that God has given us to turn them over and release them for the kingdom of God, to make an impact on this world. So why do we have a youth ministry? Simply, number one, to train the next generation. You look at what's going on right now in our country. The young people today, their education is dumbed down. Morals are vile and wicked. Belief systems, secular, humanistic, entertainment, sinful, vile. Uh, entertainment is life. <clears throat> Undisciplined. When I think of, uh, of the youth of today, I think of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Know also this, that the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. The Bible says, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truth, uh, false accusers. And it goes on and on. It says they're high-minded and they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Does that ring a bell? Does that show you what society is right now? Fun, 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 fun. And not against fun. I work with teenagers. I like to have fun. There's nothing wrong with fun. But life is not just all about fun. Parents, you've got to understand the importance of the next generation. Don't give up on your children. Train them. And I hate to say this. <clears throat> and when I say this, I'm not trying to be mean. Some people spend more time training their animal than they do their own children. You train and you spend time with a pet, but yet your own children, you let them uh, uh, just grow up and never teach and discipline and disciple and love them and, and, and point them to, to what Christ wants them to do. Parents, you are important. We've got to train them. Your children's future doesn't start with your children. It starts with you. Never underestimate your commitment and faithfulness to God. Sometimes you look at life and you see, man, I've never done anything for God and I'm just here faithfully coming to church, faithfully tithing, faithfully going on. And you might not see, ever see it. You might think, man, I'm just insignificant. But the foundation that you're laying is probably not going to be for you but for the greatness and for the, uh, 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 the, 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 propel, uh, the, the propelling forward of your children doing something for God. That's why you've got to keep going. You're laying down a groundwork for your children to succeed and to do something great. That's why you ought to train them. The Bible says, and we didn't read the verse in Deuteronomy, that, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and thou risest up. He says, hey, teach them God's word and instruct them and tell them to go the right direction. It's important to train the next generation. 
Training takes time. Training takes love. Training takes encouragement. Ta training takes prayer. Your children are not going to grow and serve God by accident. Let me say this. Some of us might want our kids to do good things. Some of us might want our kids, and our, your ambition is that your kids and your children become in the ministry. Some of you have ambitions of your children making a lot of money. And some of you have ambitions of your children uh, being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it might be. They might may be good things. I don't pray that my children all go into the ministry. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't want a Papa called Mama sent preacher. I pray that they love God and they listen to the Holy Ghost and want to do his will. Amen. And if God sees fit that they become preachers and, and, and Christian ministry workers, praise the Lord. That's my desire. Amen. But I'm not going to make them do it because, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to force them to do something that God's not God called them to do. But the next generation is port number two. What is the purpose of a, a youth ministry? It's to knit the hearts of the student or your, ch your children to the Lord and their parents. See, we have a youth ministry not to steal the hearts of your children to come become loyal to us. You talk to our seniors. I, I went on that, this trip with them. I said, what do your parents want you to do? What's your dad say? What's your mom say? I talked to a parent this week. I said, what do you want your children to do? How can I help them get to where you believe God wants them to go? Because it's not my job to dictate your, your children's life. You are responsible for them. And I'm just here to help. Pastors here to help. Because they might get upset at me. But I want their relationship to be good with you. Their relationship to be good with, with our pastor. The Bible says in Luke chapter 52, uh, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. Say, so why do we have youth ministry? Your heart, the hearts of the young people, my goal, Brother Dan's goal, our workers, is to take that heart and turn it to God and turn it to their parents. Say, so why else do we have youth ministry? To give them a social life that's honoring to the Lord. Look, let, let's be real here. Remember when you were children and when you were teenagers? You like to smile and have fun. Carefree. Look, we just went to, uh, um, uh, we went in five days, we went to seven states. I'm sorry, six states in Washington, D.C. You can call it a state, they want statehood. You say, who drove and who did everything? I... I had a blessing in, in a staff meeting. I said, man, I thank God for, uh, we had a good uh, time with the kids. Uh, glad I came back from vacation. I'm th that was not a vacation. <laughs> the children had fun. I mean, look, we were with scooters. We, we saw the National Mall. We went to President Biden's house. We uh, went to uh, Pelosi's old house, uh, the Congress. I mean, we, we went to a lot of places. We saw the Washington Monument. We saw uh, uh, the place where, you know, four scores, you know, the thing that whatever uh, uh, President Biden said. I, we went there. I mean, we saw all that. The next day, you say, what did you do the next day? Just relax? No. Early in the morning, we went to Maryland, uh, uh, we went to West Virginia, and Virginia went zip lining and whitewater rafting. Say, so what else did we do? Early in the morning, the next day, we woke up and we went to Pennsylvania, we went to the Amish country. 
Then we drove to New Jersey, went to church that night. The next day we went to Manhattan and rode the subway and did all that good stuff. And then the, uh, that was a ter- just a terrifying day, the day we had to go to something called Summit One. You say, what is that? We went to the 96th floor. I was dredging it. I'm scared of heights. And I thank God my nephew was scared of heights too. I found out. My nephew was walking like this oh, oh, up there on the 96th floor. I said, man, you, you use a restroom on yourself, Doc? What's going on? He said, no. I said, good, because I'm scared too. I'm, my wife, come take a picture by the glass. Let's look down. I said, I ain't going over there. No way. I say, right here. What's worse, the, gla- the floor was glass. My wife said, let's go take a picture at the edge where you can look all the way down from the 96th floor. I'm thinking, no way. She's looking at me. Man, you're a party pooper. I said, look, I'm scared of heights. You're scared of bugs. I said, bring a bug on. I'll scare you with it. Yeah! Don't, don't get me with the heights thing. But I, we had a good time. We didn't have to wake up and say, man, are the cops going to get us? We have a social life that's honoring to the Lord, that's fun, that's, 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 that's God-centered. Number four, we're almost out of time. To prepare them for ministry. To prepare them for ministry. The Bible says, go ye therefore in Matthew chapter 28 and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. And, and lo, I'm with you always until the end of the world. We know that. It's a great commission. We have a youth ministry so our, our young people can learn to work in the ministry. Because God wants everybody in full-time Christian ministry. If you're a plumber, he wants you in full-time Christian ministry. If you are a doctor, he wants you in full-time Christian ministry. If you are a lawyer, he wants you in full-time Christian ministry. He wants you serving God 24-7 because we are, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Somebody once said every saint should be a servant. Thank God for what we have here. Lastly, effective youth ministry. What are the coins of an effective youth ministry? Number one, or letter A, it will be uh, plugged into the local church. What we do here is not independent. Our, our, our young people, our youth ministry is not independent from the church. We work hand in hand with what the church is doing. So uh, an effective youth ministry will be plugged into the local church. Number next, you, uh, an effective uh, uh, youth ministry will have solid Bible teaching and preaching that pushes the young people to the Lord. We're not pushing our young people to anything or anyone but the Lord. Uh, number next, effective youth ministry will have teen activities, uh, or, or I'm sorry, teen actively working in its ministry. I thank God that uh, the, the teens had soul winning today. I went to pick up my daughter, and we went to dinner before we came here, and we got a phone, my daughter got a phone call. I said, who's that? I don't know. So they just got a track on their door, and uh, they just called. Brother Dan, did my daughter text you an address? They said they want to come to church on Sunday. Amen. You say, why? Because teenagers go out and go out and invite people. Dan, how many visitors have you had in bus ministry? And majority of them from teen soul winning and young people. An effective uh, uh, youth ministry uh, have teens actively working in this. You see what's going on right around. You say, oh, you don't have perfect teenagers. I understand because your children aren't in part, part of the teen ministry. I understand you wouldn't have perfect teenagers, but we have good teenagers that serve the Lord. We are, uh, an effective youth ministry will be concerned for the loss. 
I'm out of time, effective uh, youth ministry will be family and parent focused. We are not fun focused here. We're life changing focused. We want the kids to uh, go to do what God wants them to do. And lastly, an effective youth ministry would be patient with the young people. Let me say this. Young people are a different breed. I, I, I was talking to somebody recently, and I don't read CNN that much, but I try to, you know, do some Newsmax and Fox and CNN and the Cartoon Network, you know, try to get it all in. But I was reading CNN, and this headline caught me. It says, he said, a professor has, stu- uh, 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 um, let me read it before I mess up, before I'm done here. Um, th- th- this is the headline here. Here it is. Why a professor says 12th graders now are more like 8th graders from previous generations. Uh, this is a, a CNN uh, a title. You say, why do you give that? I've been working with teenagers for over 28 years. The maturity level has gone back a little bit. But let me say this. We need to be patient with them. They're going to mess up. I remember Brother Joseph was working and uh, some of the uh, guys, they were working with young people. And, I would, uh, and, and they would preach hard and I love them. Uh, but sometimes I said, hey, Brother Joe, remember when you were teenagers? I said, give them some slack. Give them some slack. Preach hard, love them, but they're, they're, they're still human. Let me say this, parents. Your, par- your young person might fall. Your young person might mess up. Love them. Amen. Get them back to where God wants them to be. Amen. I tell this to uh, parents all the time concerning young people. Sometimes I- I'm in the stage right now that I have adults in my, in my home. And my desire is that th- they all serve the Lord. But I don't know what's going to happen in the future. To God be the glory of God sees fit to call them to, to, to ministry, amen, praise God. But sometimes our older uh, uh, children walk away from the Lord. And let me encourage you, be patient, be loving, and be faithful to church because when they're ready to come back, guess where they're going to come? To a church where mom and dad are still the same. And they get back right into the fold. Our youth ministry is super important. Let's get behind it and let's pray for our young people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for, Lord, the teen ministry. I've worked so many years with young people. Lord, some of the young people I'm working with now, Lord, their, their parents were in our teen department. I was their parents' youth pastor. And, Lord, to see the joy that they have that their children are serving God brings me a lot of joy. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that you help us to see the importance of the young people and and, and, and taking them and pointing them to you and reaching the next generation, Lord. And it's not easy. It takes purpose. It takes time. Help us, Lord, to appreciate what we have here and just the, so many young people that love you and, and just have a zeal for you. Bless our time here. Bless our people. We thank you, Lord, that they have a desire to, to be in church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.